Hello, everybody. This is Mike Van Meter from Recovery is Possible. And as you know, this podcast is here to serve those that need to be in recovery, want to be in recovery, those that uh, know somebody that wants to get well. And it's for everyone that fits into that category. And uh, we have our Facebook site, which is Recovery is Possible, and also VanMeterWellnessSolutions.com, our website. And I uh, invite you to check that out, see what we're all about. And uh, the purpose of this program is just to, to help you find a, a better life through sober living. And tonight I wanted to talk about uh, my journey in spin, spin class as a spin instructor. Uh, I've been a spin instructor for about seven or eight years now. Uh, I forget exactly when I started doing it, but uh, I teach classes here in the Washington, D.C. area. And I had some folks that uh, asked me to do a podcast about my spinning experience, diet experience, because that was certainly part of my recovery journey. And we are moving into the holiday season. It is December of 2020 right now, and we're moving into that holiday season. And everybody wants to um, get advice on what to do, what not to do, whether you're in recovery, out of recovery, because it's not just uh, uh, drugs and alcohol, but it's food as well. So I thought I'd, I'd go back and Kind of talk about how I got into spin to begin with. So what happened with me? Now, many of you know that I was in the military for eight years, then I was a police officer, and then I spent an entire career as an FBI agent. And so part of the jobs that I had required me to be somewhat physically fit. However, there was a period of my life where the job just uh, overtook, you know, my life. And, you know, we... I fell into that area where we talk about in recovery called the eustas. You know, I used to do this. I used to do that. I used to work out. I used to play the guitar. I used to do all kinds of different things. And then life takes over. Uh, and alcohol takes over in, in my particular case. And so what was happening with me in the early 2000s up into the mid-2000s, uh, work was primary. It was really the only thing I was focused on. Extremely high-stress job. Uh, my drinking was really starting to take off at the time. I was eating like crap. I was eating fast food all of the time, high fat food, high sodium foods, all those different things, just not taking care of myself at all. And I had put on a lot of weight. In fact, I was probably 60 pounds heavier than I am right now. <clears throat> so it wasn't good. And it wasn't healthy, and uh, it was warned by my doctors. I was not only did I look horrible, and I looked really heavy, I looked bloated, but uh, I was really my 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 doctor was telling me that I needed to do something, or I was going to die of a heart attack. And right around that time, uh, my wife and I knew a couple that we had known for a number of years, and they had a family tradition, and that was that they would go out to Arizona, and we lived in Texas at the time, and we would go out or they would go out to Arizona and do a trek down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and then hike back up. And they invited us one year, and I believe that was 2006 or so that they had invited us to come with them on this particular trip. And so we did that. Went out there, and this was at the, the heaviest part of my journey. And uh, so we did this this trek down to the bottom, and going down was okay. But coming back up, it was just miles of imagine being on the worst or the highest settings of a stair climber you could imagine being on and then just being on that for hours three or four hours coming up now we had already hiked down but now we were hiking back up and it about killed me so it was really tough 
We get back to the top, and I go into the hotel room because my wife had not gone with us on this particular trip, and she said that my face was as white as a ghost, and it looked like I was going to die. In fact, she wondered if I was going to have to go to the emergency room. So that was uh, my experience on that, and it was just it just uh, emblematic of how out of shape I was. Yeah, I just really was, and and again, I was drinking um, alcoholically by this this point, and it was just just a bad situation. But I, it was a real eye opener for me. It really was. And on the trip back from Arizona to Texas, I decided I was going to do something about my weight. Now, this is before doing anything about the drinking, but this was my weight, and. I decided I was going to do something, and I vowed as soon as we got back to Texas, the first thing I was going to do was go for a run. And it was just a, a horrible run, but that was going to be the beginning. That was the marking of my, uh, the beginning of my new fitness journey. And like a lot of people, like a lot of you, my wife and I had a membership to a gym that we never went to, we never used, but we started, to, we started vowing that we would go. And we did. We went to this particular gym. And I, again, I was so heavy and it was just so lethargic that I would go into the gym. I'd do a little bit of this. I'd do a little bit of that. And it, it just, after about 15 minutes, it would be too much and, and I'd want to leave. And so we'd leave the gym. And it really irritated my wife because she wanted to stay in the gym, but I wanted to, to leave. So uh, what happened one night was she decided that she was going to be in a group fitness class. And that's all she told me. She didn't tell me what kind of a group fitness class it was, but she said she was going to go to one. And after about my 15 minutes of really doing nothing at the gym, I decided that I wanted to leave. And so I went looking for her. And I poked my head into different rooms, and I finally poked my head into what I now know was a spin class. But frankly, I didn't know what a spin class was at the time. And if you're not familiar with spin, it is a stationary bike. It's a class where you have an instructor. And I poked my head in, and there was this woman who was the instructor. And when I poked my head in and looked around, she asked me who I was looking for or what I was looking for. And I said, well, I'm looking for my wife. And the instructor said, well, is she here? And that's how she talked to me, too. She sounded just like that. I said, no, I don't see her in here. And she said, well, come on in to the class. I said, no, it's, that's going to be fine. I, I looked in, it was just all women, no offense to women, but uh, I didn't want to go in and be the only guy in there. That's really what it came down to. And the instructor said, oh, you're scared. You're scared to come in here. And that was it. You know, she threw that card down, the fear card down, and that had an effect on me. And so... I went in and I and I did it, and it was one hour. And most of the spin classes that are out there are about one hour, and that's what this one was. And I was shocked at how hard it was. I was shocked at how much I sweat. I was shocked at how difficult the class was. And this class was on the second floor of this particular gym, and when it was done, I was walking down the stairs, and I could barely walk down those stairs, and I just thought, man, that's the toughest I've worked out in a long time. And my wife and I were talking about it, and I decided, well, you know, I, instead of coming in here and just wasting my time in classes, then, um, you know, at least, or in the gym, wasting time in the gym, rather, you know, at least this class was hard work, and, and uh, at least I got something out of it. And so I started spinning, and I would do it in the beginning about maybe once a week, and didn't do much more than that. I really wasn't in the shape to do much more than that. 
But what I noticed was I started losing a little bit of weight, and as the weight came off, I would be able to do another class, maybe two a week, lose a little bit more weight. And in there, I'm like, oh, well, you know, if I improve my diet a little bit, maybe that will help. More weight came off. And then it became somewhat of a game for me to to see how much weight I could lose. And I, I think I started off at around 240 pounds. The fact is, I really didn't want to know how much I weighed in the beginning. Um, I think I, it, it just, I just didn't want to know. And so I, I think I started tracking at about 240. And I know I had lost some weight prior to that. And then it was, let me see if I can get down to 230. And then, you know, okay, let me see if I can get down to 220. And the weight just kept coming off. And I remember thinking to myself, well, if I could get below 200, that would be fantastic. And then lo and behold, I got down below 200. And then it just kept going from there. Now, um, in another podcast, I talk about the danger of that and how you have to be careful when you start chasing the weight yo-yo, so to speak. And, you know, but that's, that's, I, it was really just, let me see where I can go with this. So the weight kept coming off, and as it came off, I was able to do more and more, and I would do more and more spin classes, and I actually got to the point where I would do at least one a day at a certain point. Then around that time, I started doing more things, you know, strength training, maybe doing some other types of things in the gym, but in the beginning, it was just the spin because, frankly, I was too heavy to do a whole lot of anything else for, for any length of, of period. So um, my wife was going to run the the Dallas White Rock Marathon, and the White Rock Marathon is the, the big uh, marathon that they have in the Dallas area every year, late in the year. <clears throat> and she had injured herself, and she ended up not being able to do it, but that particular race allows you to transfer your bib so somebody else can run for you. And um, she decided to give it to me, but I hadn't been running at that point, but I had gotten in pretty good condition, had lost a lot of weight. So my wife had given me her bib and I had maybe six or seven weeks to train for a marathon and it actually did pretty good at it. And after the marathon, I decided, oh, I'm going to start incorporating running into my routine. And then at some point, my wife said, you know, you're actually not a bad swimmer. Why don't you start incorporating swimming? into your routine as well. And that was the beginning of me becoming a triathlete. So uh, with that particular summer, that following summer in Texas, it was very, very weird. It was just, we had this torrential rain pour every single day. And if you were an outdoor cyclist, it was hard to get out and ride outside because of the, the constant rain. So you had all these people that would come into spin classes and uh, you know, it was it was obvious that these guys were cyclists because they were wearing the cycling outfits. You know, all the all the gear. They would talk about their bikes. They would talk about the different rides that they were doing, weekend rides, big rides called century rides. And if you're not familiar with those, those are hundred mile race, uh, hundred mile rides, which I, I couldn't even imagine at that point, particularly in Texas, it, as hot as it gets out there. But these guys would all talk about that, and it and it planted the bug in my mind. You know that it maybe at some point I should buy a bike of my own. And venture outside to riding. Well, uh, as fate would have it, at work, uh, due to some work, a project I was working on, I got a financial award and it was unexpected money that came in. So my wife said, Well, why don't you reward yourself with, uh, you know, with something? And I said, Well, you know what? I'd like to get a decent bike that I could ride outside. And so I used that money um, and got a bike and started riding outside. 
did a century ride, um, and then became a real cycling enthusiast. So somewhere in there, uh, we ended up moving back to the Washington, D.C. area. And as I mentioned, I was doing spin about, you know, just, just about every single day and was a big fan of spinning. And I really liked it because it's it's very motivational. <coughs> There's a lot of music that's in it, and you can really <coughs> get into the music. You can very, um, you know, just really just you know get absorbed into that, and and it's very motivational. And I and I enjoyed that part of it. And I'm really into music, and so that that really helped the whole experience. Well, we ended up moving back to D.C. in about uh, you know 2008, and I ended up. Um, in this spin class, and it turned out that at this particular rec center that I was going to, the only class that I could take was being taught by a man who was really into country western music. Now, nothing against country western music, but I have to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of country western music, and I'm even less of a fan of country western music when it's being played in a spin class. <laughs> I mean, it just... It actually sucks the motivation out of me, and I'm I'm sorry if you like country western music, but it's just not my thing, particularly not in spin. And I would just complain about it and complain about it, and I'd go home, and and I, it was really just starting to irritate my wife. And one night we're laying in bed, my wife's over there on the laptop computer just plugging away. I have no idea what she's doing, and she finally just turns to me and hands me the computer and says, "Well, there you go." And I said, "What? What's that?" And she said, I'm tired of you complaining about this guy's spin class. If you think you can do a better job, then here you go. I signed you up to get certified to be a spin instructor. So if you think you can do a better job, then be there on Saturday and get certified. And so I did. So I went, and that, that is when I got first certified in spin and you know, learned how to put the classes together. And the neat thing about that is, if you're the instructor, you pick the music. So... Her reasoning was that if I didn't like the music, then I only had myself to blame, and so I wouldn't be able to complain anymore. So I got certified and went back to that same record center and then was teaching as a substitute instructor for a period of time. But now, now around this period, I had gotten into recovery, and I was using exercise as a tool to help me, particularly in those early days. Because those of you that are struggling with early recovery, you know that that first year is just very, very difficult. A lot of emotional ups and downs, psychological ups and downs. And then you have all the physiology in your body that's trying to rebalance itself. And that's what was going on with me. And so I figured what I would do in order to fill the void with all that free time that I now had from not drinking, then I would fill it with other things that would be more healthy. And that, for me, became exercise. And in fact, specifically, it became spinning. And so uh, later, I was able to get a line of my own classes, but I intentionally picked them to be early in the morning. And by early, I mean 5.30 a.m. And so if you're teaching a class that starts at 5.30 a.m., then you've got to be up at about 4 or 4.30 a.m. to be there. And the reasoning behind this on my part was that even if I wanted to drink the night before, I couldn't because there's no way that I would be able to get up that early and then go teach a spin class. It just was not going to happen. So it was really a tool and a technique that I used in early recovery to help myself. So, um, you know, th th just throw that as an idea for you that if you are new to recovery, find something. Now, for me, it was teaching spin. For you, it might be something different. But 
for me, it had to be a commitment. It had to be something that where others were relying on me to be there, to show up, and to be in the condition that I needed to be in to do that class. And it worked for me. So that might be a tool or a technique that you can use for yourself. But that's but that's what I did. So I ended up teaching those classes and um, picked up a couple more classes and then actually got to the point to where the spinning I was doing was quite excessive. And that's not uncommon in early recovery. Uh, since then, I have backed off quite a bit. But that was a really effective tool for me to, uh, one, take up the time, uh, not only physically teaching, but it took a lot of time to put those spin lists together. In fact, uh, to this day, I have hundreds of spin lists that I had put together, which just is a testament to how much time I was putting into that. But it was good because, you know, it meant that I wasn't I wasn't drinking and I, w- I was doing something else. Now, um, spin is good because it's aerobic exercise, and there are lots of studies out there. I may cover some of these studies in, in the future, but a lot of studies out there say that uh, aerobic ec- exercise, whether it's swimming, running, biking, or any other type of aerobic exercise you can do, uh, really helps speed up the healing process in early recovery. Oxygenating your blood, oxygenating your brain, it really really helps. And so I'd recommend doing that. And that's exactly what I did. And then I got into uh, longer distance running and some other things that went along with that. But it's been fantastic. Uh, The pandemic has slowed things down quite a bit when it comes to the spinning that I do these days. And um, I just really, I'm a big fan of spinning, particularly if you're older and you have knee problems, or like in my case, in the very, very beginning, I had, uh, you know, a lot of extra weight, which is just a lot of uh, damage being done to your knees, to your joints, because, you know, you have that weight that your body was not intended to carry. And the other nice thing about spin is, unlike running, if you were going to go running with a group of people, um, it would be hard to keep up, and maybe you're going to push yourself to a point where you should not push yourself. Uh, maybe you, you, you just have physical conditions where you shouldn't be doing that. But the nice thing about spin is that it's individual. And I can be in the front of the class just really grinding away, But if I'm doing that at a level that you're not comfortable with or you're not at, then you can always back off and you can do your level. No matter what I'm telling you as an instructor in the front of the class, that is merely a suggestion. You don't have to do what I'm doing, which is, again, different than swimming, different than running or weightlifting. Spin is a uniquely individual thing, and it's a lot of fun. And if you're into music and you you find an instructor that has sort of your same musical taste, it can be just very enjoyable. And it's very interesting, too, to see how your interest in the music that is being played has an effect on the output or the energy level that you put into the cycling. I have taken people's classes where I did not like the music. You know, another type of music besides country country western that I don't care for is techno music, that that rave club sort of techno music. I don't care for that. And I have gone to classes where I've been listening to that and worked really, really hard in the class, or at least it seemed like that. But I would have maybe half the calorie burn that I would have in a similar class with music that I liked. So it shows you that that correlation between your mental motivation and, and how it relates to music and how you can be motivated by music or how you can be demotivated. In other words, it really shows how it changes your mood and your and your drive. So kind of an interesting study there. But um, Spin has helped. 
uh, I'd encourage you to do so. And um, for those of you that were asking about my recovery journey and my weight loss journey, that was how it happened. Um, now, along with that, I really did clean up my diet. Somewhere, I want to say in 2007, I saw a documentary on McDonald's and what that does to your body. And frankly, I can probably count on two fingers the number of times I've eaten at McDonald's since I saw that documentary. And uh, I went on a low-carb diet for a while, dropped a lot of weight that way. And and that was just to drop the weight. But these days, I have a much more balanced diet. So it's diet and exercise. Remember that, folks. I, I heard it said by a fitness instructor one time, you cannot outrun or outride a bad diet. So the two do go together. And of course, if you're listening to the, this podcast, Stop drinking. Stop drugging. <laughs> That's a big part of it, too. And uh, that helped me along the way. So I hope this was useful for you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know, reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, leave me a comment. And also visit the website, Van Meter Wellness Solutions. And uh, you can contact me that way as well. But as always, guys, I'm glad that you're here. If there's anything that I said that you don't agree with, then just leave it. If there's anything that you found useful, take that. Uh, use that to help yourself. Use it to help other people because that's what we do in recovery. So with that, I am Mike Van Meter. This is Recovery is Possible, and I will be talking with you soon.